Hey, just a quick note before we get the show started. Uh, you can check out, if you like the podcast, let's start that sentence over. <laughs> <laughs> I like to have two different openers to a sentence. That way the audience can sort of choose what they want to go yeah, with. It's a choose-your-own-adventure <laughs> advertisement. Um, if you like the podcast and you'd like to support us, you can check out our Patreon at uh, patreon.com slash yourinnerchildisanidiot uh, and uh, throw some money our way. That you, sounds yeah. That sounds begging, right? No, throw some money our good. way. It also sounds Dickensian, like they're just throwing coppers at us. Give us a couple shekels. <laughs> Toss it on there. Um, what was that? I don't know, because you used the Israeli... <laughs> Currency, but you were doing like a Cockney accent. So it's like a world traveling, like Victorian beggar who's it's very in complicated the Middle character. East at the time. He has an interesting past. Let's oh, dive it's like in. the Fertile Crescent. I've always wanted to see it. Over these advertisements, we're going to be diving into this character whose name is Mac Kensington Berkshire. Okay. Berg. <laughs> Heading back to the homeland. All right, on with the show. Was that too much? Was that? I can cut some of that out. So now we're actually doing the show. Show. Do you need me to sing a song from Sister Act? Yeah. I will follow him, follow him wherever he may go. But I mean Jesus. Well, yeah, the hymn is capitalized. I hope that came through in what I was singing. Welcome to Your Inner Child is an Idiot, the podcast where we revisit things from your childhood and crush any lingering hopes you had that they were any good. I'm DJ. This is Damon. Hi. Hey. How's it going? going? Oh, good. We've been talking for like an hour and a half. Like, hello. <laughs> How are you what, today? What? When did you get here? Fancy seeing you. I'll put the kettle on. Oh, my goodness. I didn't know you were coming. I had no idea. <laughs> well, I guess we better get out this audio equipment and just start recording. <laughs> I just always have this up and ready. ready right. And you, you force me not to say anything until I'm seated. And then you're like, how are you? Yeah. <laughs> just come in silently into the house. Uh, today, we are watching Whoopi Goldberg's... She's not Tyler Joint. Perry. <laughs> sister Act. Yes. The Ridge. Original recipe, yeah. Sister Act, uh, from 1990-something. I want to say five? two. Two? I think Is it's it fairly early? early 90s. Okay. She did have the triangle hair, so that at the yeah. beginning. That's so. how you can spot her. She yeah. looks like Alice from Dilbert. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a movie that I've seen... Many times, but not for since it like was still on on TV, you know, regularly. We had it taped off HBO, and this yeah. was like in my regular rotation of just movies I would watch yeah. in the middle of a summer afternoon because I wasn't playing sports. Also, I was a Christian at the time, so I liked secularized Ooh. Christianity in movies. Tell me more about that, please. About my Christianity or my liking secularized Christianity in movies? Yes to both. We are rolling. <laughs> Whenever you're ready. Whenever you're ready. And how did that make you feel? Uh, well, I was a Christian at the time. Mm-hmm. Went to church on the reg. Went to the FCA meetings, despite mm. and that means uh, a fraternal fellowship. Christian? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Academy. 
athletes. Yes. Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Oh, wait, what? I was neither an athlete and I was also antisocial, so I was already out <laughs> two for three. <laughs> but they really were lax on it. And they okay. were just like, as long as the Christian thing fits, we can work out the rest. <laughs> have you we'll ever, smudge it on the paperwork. Have Don't you ever worry. jogged? All right, you're And I'm athlete. like, no. <laughs> <laughs> so like, have you ever played table tennis? No. Mm. Have you ever seen table tennis? Yes. yes. <laughs> Check that box, athlete. Athlete. So you you were you attended FCA meetings and they watched Sister Act there? No. Okay. I just attended FCA meetings because I was a Christian. Okay. I believed in the resurrection of Jesus Christ as God's son. Sure. Thank you for summing that just up for me. Just in case you were wondering. Yeah. Um, <laughs> in I case like, you didn't know what this Christianity li- <laughs> was all about. I live in this heathen bubble where we don't, <laughs> we don't ask questions about that. <laughs> right. I don't, I don't know any Christians. Sorry. Yeah. I've, I've never I voted seen for one. Hillary, so I wouldn't ever know what a Christian is. Yeah. Um, so I also, but I also liked movies a lot and I always hated like Christian media even as a Christian, yeah. I was like, I didn't get into Christian music. I didn't like watch Veggie Tales or whatever. Yeah. So I was like, I really but want some of that's like, pretty good <laughs> mainstream. I really want a mainstream like media yeah. to work in terms of so in terms of Christianity. So I was always like secretly wondering, and this is actually odd because I also do it now that I'm gay, where I would wonder if people were secret Christians. Yeah. I do this now when I'm gay, where I'm like, are they secretly gay? But then I was like, are they secret? Um, and so uh, I really liked Sister Act because it had Christian themes without Who's, being overly Christian. Who did you expect was secretly Christian? I don't know. Like I would hear, I would read interviews with like celebrities, and they'd be like, "Well, God's really important to me." I'm like, secret Christian, knew it. <laughs> Finally, you can reveal yourself Ooh, as girl, a Christian, <laughs> girl. You are throwing down the tea. You are a secret Christian, girl. <laughs> it's weird to me that, uh, and maybe I'll see it more. I was a Christian drag queen, also. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> um, it's weird to me, and I'm sure maybe it'll be more obvious because you are. Uh, I will hand it to you that as a child, even you are way more perceptive than I was. And pretty much, <laughs> we've covered over these episodes that you are perceptive in ways that I was not. Um, I was lonely. Well, so I had very little to do but then draw large had, diagrams about the plot of Sister Act. I just had so many friends. I couldn't be bothered <laughs> at using my brain to analyze things I was watching. Come on, friends. Let's Let, do something brainless. Let's hit each other in the head with baseballs. <laughs> Athlete. Um, so, but not Christian, so that, that's why yeah, you see, weren't allowed in. That's why your I application probably, was denied. That was, this was early enough that I probably had no idea what that would even mean. You know what I mean? Like, I, if someone asked, I'd be like, yeah, I'm a Christian. But I don't, like, it was before I was like... So American then. Right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> what, especially white, middle-class American from the Midwest. It was like, yeah, I, as opposed to what? <laughs> like, I didn't even know. It wasn't until later that I was like, wait, hold on. What's this? So this the the like religiousness. I'm supposed to eat him every Sunday. <laughs> At what? what? In church, this is a holy place. Um, but even even though the the religiousness of this movie is very obvious, but it's also very Catholic, which was at the time very foreign to me. It wasn't in, like it's. It wasn't until later uh, when my uh, my step family came into the picture, and they were Catholic, that I started to experience some of those things, which were like to me were like a whole other religion like t- because it was just so 
there was so much uh, pomp and circumstance to it and so many like rituals that I was like, what? So is Mary the God? Or you're like super <laughs> into Mary. Right. Uh, and so that this was almost like. She's like the receptionist to God. You pray to her and she carries your requests on I'll to God. I'll send him your message. I don't know if he's in. <laughs> uh, he is swamped today. I think this is going to be good though. I remember liking this movie, but I don't think it was one of those that. Is is going to be maybe it won't be like hmm, a plus comedy, but I still think uh, some of the humor is going to hold up. Uh, I think it will be. Uh, I, th- I have a sense it'll be good. I do want to say for the record, despite today being an atheist, and some might say militant atheist, uh, <laughs> well, I have a weird. <laughs> I kill Christians left, right, and center. <laughs> um, I have a weird affinity for nuns. Okay, when I see them out in public, I get really excited. I remember when I went to Christian camp, which coincidentally was the same summer, I think, that Sister Act came out. A a nun came to talk to us at the camp, and everyone wanted to talk to her about Sister Act. And you could tell she was just like, (laughs) over over it. it. (laughs) Um, Well, they had moved on from the flying nun, at least. Yeah. Hey, come on. Yeah. Once every generation has their nun. Has their nun. Yeah. Yeah. you had the flying nun, you had nuns on the run, and then where everyone just it, assumed it, nuns were all men in drag running from the mob. <laughs> is this just, uh, what, what was your fascination with it? Was it just the costumes? I think it was the costumes. I mean, I'm from, my family was Episcopalian, so like Catholic light, so the pomp and circumstance wasn't that foreign to me. Right. Uh, the Mary stuff was, though. Right. Um, but I don't know, there's something fascinating where someone has willingly said, yep, this is what I'm doing. I don't want to get married. I just want to go to church all the time. <laughs> and, I'll, and I want to wear this little hat. So I, I don't about, know, I find it, fa- I, don't, I don't know, I couldn't tell you why, but I find it fascinating. And I imagine, like, I, this is probably not what monks do today, but, like, I just imagine them being, like, committing to re- so much handwriting. <laughs> But you get to draw big letters at the beginning of paragraphs. Yeah, that's true. That's fun. People are into calligraphy. It's just not me. And sometimes draw dirty things in the margins. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I also want to say to the audience, I know there is a split. I know a lot of people really love Sister Act 2, so I do want to say our next episode will be about Sister Act 2. We're covering the whole Sister Act multiverse Yes, on the show. <laughs> We're getting to it. And that that... so. Uh, just to be clear for anybody that whose memory is foggy, uh, Sister Act sets up. This is the origin story of right. Sister, this is how she gets Sister her nun powers. Yeah. this is how she gets her nun powers. And the next one, that's when we meet her arch nemesis, Lauren Hill. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the me- the music being uh, obviously as a big focus of both movies because the the whole thing is she, if I remember correctly, she's on the run. She, She's a Vegas like showgirl kind of thing. Yeah, and she has a mobster boyfriend, Harvey Keitel. Yeah. She gets in some. She witnesses something. Gets in. She's basically in witness protection. She becomes a, mm-hmm. a nun. Maybe not basically. Maybe exactly. Literally, okay. she's literally in that. <laughs> and so that she becomes a nun, and the, a black nun, um, right? Which there's a scene at the end where they're like searching for, her and they're like, "Hey, um, can you tell me where the only black nun is?" <laughs> And nobody, he never brings that up, which well, is kind of nice. But. That is actually interesting in that this role was originally written with Bette Midler in, in mind. Okay. So I think the joke was that she would be a Jewish woman posing as a nun. Oh. And I think that's why all the jokes are about her. Oh, it's so Catholic. Where, you know, black people are Catholic. There are plenty right. of black people who are Catholic. Um, 
but it was it was the the original joke of the script was that there's a Jewish woman posing as a nun. Okay, um, but different kind of fish. And it's also interesting that it's like Bette Midler can sing. Whoopi Goldberg isn't known for her singing chops. Yes, yeah. even in this movie, it's like yeah, I mean, it's just fine. Yeah. Well, and I I kind of like that. Um, I mean, it, it's always nice to hear someone who can sing <laughs> singing, but but it, it's it's kind of nice that <laughs> it's like, almost the basis for the whole music industry. Well, not really, but <laughs> <laughs> but it's kind of nice to show that like you know you don't have to be a phenomenal singer to be a really good uh, leader of a showman, you know, yeah, of showman or or, show or like a, a a choir director or whatever she yeah, becomes. Yeah, that's true. Um, she kind of secularizes some of the. Um, uh, the music performances of But the it brings choir. people to the church. It brings people in, almost as if outreach is an important part of religion. That, right. Um, and then, uh, but it draws too much attention, and then she gets in trouble with the people that were after her originally. Blah, 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 blah. And then the sister act is uh, back in the habit, sister act two, right? Yeah. And then she goes to a, some school in that one. She goes to an inner city school, okay. Catholic school. And, okay. uh, Just to separate that, we'll talk more about that in the other episode. That one's one of the more standard, like, we got to put on a show to save the school. We need $30,000. New <laughs> Cutler's like a flyer that's like, contest, $30,000 to the winner. You're like, well, what are the chances? Well, it's written in. It's in the script. Also, it should also be noted, don't say also twice, um, <laughs> Carrie Fisher was script doctor on this script. Oh, and the late Carrie. Carrie. Yes. R.I.P. Um, okay, so we're going to watch that. It's on uh, Amazon as of uh, January 2017. I like how I felt the need to like really specify that she is dead. In case you air this in, in the, the past. past. <laughs> yeah. Just wanted to be clear when we recorded this. The we knew we knew that that was a thing. Uh, Death. Watched, we knew that, that that was a thing. Documentary. Yeah. No, I haven't. I, I do. Got it saved. It. I haven't watched it. Yet. I'm afraid to be sad. The trailer was great and gave me hot eyes, so I'm already yes. Nervous. Anyway, uh, we're gonna watch it. Uh, come back in a few minutes, and we'll talk about. Just want to take a second here to point you to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash You're an Child is an Idiot. We can go and financially support us. For all the all the memories all, that we're destroying, all the memories we're creating here in this podcast, you can go. There's a bunch of different levels you can uh, pledge to. Uh, we'll say your name on the podcast. We'll do some special uh, drawings and recordings if you give a lot of money. So uh, it's a great way to support us, and it'll keep us going and keep making more podcasts. Right, support- Damon? Yes. I want everyone out there to try and support our two-man mission to destroy fondness. So uh, go on over to patreon.com slash your inner child is an idiot and help us destroy your nostalgia. Thank you. And also with you. <laughs> Catholicism! And we are back! <laughs> I hope you include me just exclaiming Catholicism. Catholicism! Uh, we just watched Sister Act. One origin story. Sister Act Origins. 1992's Whoopies, Goldbergs, Bill Nunn's. Bill Nunn's second lead. Yeah. Uh, Well, his last name is Nunn. Maggie Smith. Yeah, that's true. Dame Maggie Smith. They actually cast him for an unknown Whoopi Goldberg project, Mm -hmm. and then they built the story around his last name. It's true. That's on IMDb. You can look it up. Just fucking look it up. Damon, why don't you recap this story for those that didn't get a chance to watch along with us? 
Yeah, certainly. Um, on the third day, although Jesus, we pretty much got it in the intro, I gotta <laughs> hand it to us. We pretty much. Well, remembered. I think there's backstory I have to lay down, which is on the third day that Jesus rose from the dead. Before he ascended into heaven, he said unto Saint Peter, "You are the rock upon which I will build my church," making Saint Peter the first pope. And then Dolores Van Cartier in 1968, <laughs> uh, 1930 years later. <laughs> She's going to Catholic school as a little kid. Um, She's bad behaved, sassing the nuns there. Very mild bad behavior. Yeah, yeah. seemed pretty lame. But uh, eventually she becomes a lounge singer in Las Vegas. Nope, Reno. Oh, you're right. The biggest little city in the world. Mm -hmm. Um, She becomes a lounge singer in Las Vegas. Why did I say it again? (laughs) Why did I say it again? It just—it's like one phrase. Lounge singer. (laughs) She's a Vegas lounge singer in Reno. (laughs) She's a Vegas uh, lounge singer transported to Reno. Um, She's dating a mobster, unbeknownst to her, who is married, unbeknownst to her. Harvey Keitel. Correct. Um, Looking fit. Looking very nice. Tight. Bringing it. Keeping it tight. Yeah. Um, In an A-line shirt, not Mm -hmm. an A-line. An A, frame. what do they call those? A frame. A frame. <laughs> I think that's the house <laughs> architecture. I took. A I don't want to call it by its colloquial name, but I don't yeah. know what they're called. A shirt. I think it's just a shirt. But then it just sounds like I'm saying a shirt. Spaghetti strap. <laughs> no, it wasn't. That. A camisole. A men's camisole. <laughs> Um, anyway, Harvey Cattell keeping it tight. Um, <laughs> that's his log line for the nineties. She, she decides that. Uh, after uh, he's, he tells her that he's not going to leave his wife, she's going to quit her lounge job yep. in his own casino. I should add, he owns the casino in yep. which she sings. She decides to quit, and while she's in the process of going up to his office to quit, uh, she sees him executing yeah. his chauffeur for uh, ratted on, ratting on him to the cops. Mm-hmm. So that's when she realizes, one, my boyfriend is a mobster, two... Mm-hmm. He's a murderer. Three, I gotta get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Also, so, he gave me a gross. Oh yeah, the purple, purple mink. mink which His actually, wife's purple mink. Yeah. Not only was did it make her look like grimace, but it also <laughs> didn't even belong. It wasn't even new. It was belonged to his. <laughs> purple mink. And everyone in the movie, I thought I was, I was felt like I was being gaslighted because everyone's like, "This is purple mink, Dolores. It's so beautiful." I'm like, "That is the tackiest thing I've ever seen." <laughs> Um. Anyway, she eventually goes to the cops, and she they, runs away. She escapes. Yeah. Right. She does the the um obligatory running through the casino kitchen scene, being chased by two henchmen. Yeah. Um. She goes to the cops. They one Bill Nunn. Yes. The keystone of this whole plot. <laughs> yeah. He said, "Wait a minute. My last name is Nunn. <laughs> I got it." Um. He puts her in the witness protection program at St. Catherine's Is that what it's called? convent, I think so, uh, sure. in San Francisco. And uh, she is there under the tutelage, not the word I'm looking for, but I'm going to go with it, sure. of uh, the Dowager Countess, Dame Maggie Smith, yep. mm-hmm. Professor McGonagall. Yep. Um, and uh, it's Dame a, Professor McGonagall. Dame Professor <laughs> Where do you put Dowager that in Countess. The, in the order of... Okay, good. It's Dame Dowager, Dowager, Professor, then Secretary of State, right, and then the Speaker of the House, right, and then uh, a Secretary of Agriculture. Weirdly it's really, enough, you didn't see it coming. Yeah. 
She's as she's a, a lounge singer who's now pretending to be a nun. And fish out of water. Yep. She's having so much troubles over here. I'm she, a nun over here. <laughs> she struggles with the convent life. Sure. Uh, she doesn't like going to bed at nine o'clock. She doesn't like all the. She doesn't like the horrible choir they have there at the, mm. the convent. Um, she doesn't like all the gardening, the shitty food. Mm-hmm. You know, just standard stuff. She doesn't like that she can't wear makeup or have nice nails. I don't know. Yeah. Um, she and the. Uh, what do they call her? Head mother, mother superior, mother, mother superior, yeah. butt heads the entire time. Eventually, the mother superior puts her in the choir to just yep. keep her calm. But eventually, she takes over the choir because like she's immediately, a yeah, like within seconds of going to choir practice, takes over the choir, and the choir becomes fantastic immediately, almost. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that brings people to the struggling church. The church starts doing well, but it also brings local TV coverage to the church. Uh-oh. And when you're in the witness protection coverage, the last thing you want is TV reporters <laughs> yeah. around. Um, but that's not her main problem. The problem is, is that there is a leak at the police department, Dum. and they find out where she is. Where she is. On the day that she finds out that they're you know, choir is has been requested to give a private concert to His Holiness the Pope, young Pope Jude Law, old Pope actually, oh, sorry. Old, old Pope, pope John Law, <laughs> John Law. <laughs> this is uh, this would have been That's a- just stupid. <laughs> <laughs> this would have been uh, John Paul II era, right? Yes, yeah. precisely. Yeah. I know my. Po- I'm a guy who knows his popes. <laughs> if if I could say anything about you, it's you know your pope. I only have three to keep track of in my life. In your lifetime, yeah. yeah. But what about Pope Urban the Sixteenth? Am I right? No idea. I don't even know if the Urbans went up to sixteen. Um, Keith is the only one I know. About. Pope Keith. Pope Keith Urban the <laughs> the first. Now let me tell you a little story about Jesus. <laughs> Always a chance to bring down, bring back my flawless. This is like eight episodes in a row that we've accessed. <laughs> I've worked in an, the Aust- a horrible Australian accent. <laughs> oh, you know, it just feels good to laugh. Um, anyway, the henchmen, Willie and Joey, actually, which might actually be their real might names, um, find Dolores, thanks to the police leak, and yep. kidnap her back to Reno. And the nuns, Maggie Smith... Professor McGonagall realizes she's been wrong. They all need to work together to yep. go find her. And they go uh, pretty much save her with the help of Bill Nunn. Yeah. They, the science uh, guy. They do a nice, like, kind of eggshell game by... Uh, yeah. going <laughs> uh, Not eggshell. <laughs> what? They do kind of a... a Full nun- card Monty? Is nun- that right? <laughs> <laughs> they do kind of a nun shell game by uh, running around the casino with, you know, their backs to the henchmen and they can't decide who. Right. Uh, but eventually they, they catch up to her and they're about to shoot... Uh, the henchmen can't bring themselves to shoot her because she looks like as a nun. good Catholics. They can't shoot nuns. They can sh- kill chauffeurs, yeah, but not nuns. not nuns. There has to be a line somewhere. But then finally, a uh, uh, really ripped uh, Harvey Keitel. I am into him. In this movie. <laughs> you really are. He looks nice. I he's think we good. found where you're landing on the Kinsey scale today. Yeah, it's looking and it's, it's lo- just, he's looking tight. It's just <laughs> middle-aged Harvey Keitel. <laughs> Um, I guess I've just seen him so much more recently where he didn't look as uh, ripped. ripped. If you want to talk about his muscular frame, you can continue. Yeah. No, this is a safe good. space. He looks good. Um, but he's about to finally shoot 
shoot Dolores and then through a mirror? I think it's a one-way, a one-way or a two-way mirror. mirror. Yeah, two-way mirror. Uh, Bill a one-way mirror is just a mirror, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, how does that work? Because one doesn't wouldn't it be a one way. I mean, I understand it's called a two way mirror. You're right, but like I never understood that because a two way mirror sounds like. A mirror. Well, in that one way, it looks like a mirror. In one way, it's a window. Oh, okay, but you have to keep the lights off. It's not in the t- other room. Or it's it not two way as in like a street. It's two way as in there's two ways this mirror works. Yeah, I think so. That's weird. Anyway, so he shoots her through a two-way mirror. He doesn't he, shoot her. No, not shoot her. Sorry, he shoots Harvey Keitel in the arm. I was confused because my last name's Nun. Yeah, and he so and I he just sh- shoot nuns. Shoots him and I oh I'm shot and then I'm he shot gets over here is taken away. Bake him away, toys. Exactly, and then they get to have their private audience with the Pope, mm-hmm. and he's into it. He loves. She's him. got her nice triangle hair back. Yeah, she doesn't get to wear the habit. I guess I don't know if that's a rule. Everybody's happy. They did it. Then we get the spinning magazine covers as the credits roll. Always a favorite. Yeah. That's not a thing anymore. It just shows us how they went on to like fame and fortune as like the yeah. nuns with Dolores Van Cartier as their lead. Yeah. Hmm. Over a cover of uh, Shout. You make me want to shout. Yeah. And that's the movie. Sister Act. Tell me your One. favorite parts. Or least favorite. Uh... I I uh, like this movie. Yeah. I like um, I like that Whoopi Goldberg is not a very good singer. Yeah, and they sort of lean into it more than I remember. I thought they sort of glossed over it in my memory, but they yeah. actually lean into it. They, you know, it's sort of at the end. Harvey Keitel references that she only sang in his casino because she was sleeping with him. Right, she sang badly, and. Um, but I like that she like has enough knowledge to bring them together, and that's right. sort of referenced at the beginning when she says, "You." When her one of her background uh, singers at in Reno at the very beginning of the movie says, "You put on together all our dances yeah. and stuff," and <laughs> Whoopi Goldberg says, "Yeah, I'm a real genius." Yeah. <laughs> um, I really like Maggie Smith in this. One of the things that um, I picked up on more, and I don't know if this is entirely intentional or if it's just sort of. Under the radar racism that they didn't intend, but Maggie Smith, I mean, when she walks into the room, no one says a thing. She sees Whoopi Goldberg, mm-hmm. and she walks out again and says, there is no way I can uh, hide this person. That is a person designed to stick out, she says. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, I don't know if the movie intended for her to be racist, but it reads as racist now. So, in a way, I do wish the movie maybe pushed into that a little more. Yeah. It sounds like that. it didn't have many rewrites. I mean, it it did have a lot of rewrites, and that yeah. there are a lot of script doctors who worked uncredited on this. Um, but I've, there was part of me that wished that it played into that a little bit more. Yeah, kind of. And I think it. actually, Sister Act Two actually deals with race much more explicitly. But this right. one seems to be like uh, Bette Midler dropped out. We got to recast her real quick. Yeah, who's the equivalent of Bette Midler? Whoopi Goldberg. Goldberg. I think all of us would have said that. Any one of us. Yeah. Yeah. But I think Maggie Smith is fantastic. Kathy Nujimi, I think, is the winner of this movie. I think she's just so chipper. And she never, it never, I mean, everyone is sort of annoyed with her, but it's never annoying to me as an audience member. She's very charming and winning in this, in her role. She's she's the chipper nun. Right. And she's always, she's always like happy and like on the verge of just like busting out laughing. Yeah, she's she's just so yeah. giggly and, and effervescent, one might say. Yeah. She's great. The Mary Robert 
who we called Sister Bangs the whole time. Yeah. Uh, she, <laughs> she, uh, she, meaning her bangs showed up under her habit. Right. She doesn't, she's not a sister who bangs all the right. time. Right. Uh, she, her story was like a little bit forced to me, but it doesn't, it wasn't like detrimental, but I was just like, yeah, I get it. Let's go. Yeah. Um, but she did have the best voice. Which was not. Which was dubbed. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Um, I do like there. I mean, I I think going back to what I was talking about in the intro, there is like a very progressive Christian vibe to this movie. Just like the at the beginning of the movie, this this um, convent is in a very bad side of San Francisco. It's implied and it's gated off. There's a whole fence around the entire church, which they literally tear down in the middle of the movie under Mary Clarence's direction. They tear it down and go out and speak with their neighbors rather than just literally cloistering (laughs) themselves off from the community. And it, it, it very much reads like, you know, we are, Christians, and so we should reach out to our community. We, if we, you know, separate ourselves off from the community, we are not being very Christ-like. We should yeah. reach out to people. Um, so I think that is what spoke to me when I was a Christian watching this movie. Is just, you know, yeah, yeah. Your your neighbors are uh, hobos, and there's a porno store right across the street, and bail bondsmen everywhere, and yeah. But you're these are your these are the also human beings, and you should go talk to them, right? Uh, so I think that that is still a very charming part of it. Yeah. Um, even though it's not, I'm not a Christian, so that part doesn't speak to me, but I like the idea that people should, you know, treat other people like people. Act like Christ if they want to be Christian. Sure. Yeah. Uh, what do you like or, and, or didn't like? I agree that, uh, Catherine Jimmy is the, is the MVP. She's the Catherine O'Hara. She wins our Catherine O'Hara award. (laughs) The Catherine O'Hara memorial. (laughs) MVP of the movie award. Um, she, uh, yeah, she's she, just reiterating what you said. Uh, she's, she's great. She's, and it's, and it's just enough. Like it's not, right. it could very well get annoying. And you know, she's meant to be a little bit, like you said, got like eye rolling from the other nuns a little bit, but including my favorite sister, Mary Lazarus. Yeah. Sister Mary Lazarus is great. I really like, uh, Alma, sister Alma, the, the piano player that needs a hearing aid. And she's meant to be just the you know, kind of laugh line right. sort of character. But, uh, you know, this was good. Uh, I, I, it mostly held up. I mean, the things that were most sort of egregious and not, I would be interested to hear someone like a devout Catholic, like what they thought of this. Like, like, was it kind of like a little bit like, all right, I get your progressive. You're going to get your wish. Sisters, come come on on in. in. Uh, I mean, not necessarily nuns, but I mean, just like people that, uh, that attend Catholic church and like, I'd be interested to see what they thought of this, you know, like either now or when they originally saw it. But, um, but you know, neither of us are in that camp, but, uh, (laughs) there was a little bit of the the kind of cheesiest parts where when like the sort of youths, the interaction with the youths, which is good message, but you know, it was very like early nineties kind of like, like they're like pick up the (laughs) skateboards and be like, Whoa, (laughs) church is cool now. Yeah. Uh, right. No, that, that, I guess it is a little cheesy, but I also find it, I don't know. There is part of me that finds it charming for some reason. Maybe yeah. it's my fascination with nuns. So I can imagine me being one of those young, tough girls on the street being like, wow, a nun. Let me teach you how to two-step. Um, when you were a young punk girl in San Francisco. <laughs> with my graffito tagged uh, overalls on. Yeah. But they had, uh, the, the the musical numbers were very charming. The the sort of yeah. uh, like jazzed up uh you know, traditional songs and then like sort of like the Motown songs re redone. Yeah. Barely reworked for the most part. 
Yeah, I thought it was good. It was a, it's a it's a like um, it's one of those where uh, it still it still holds up. Like it's you can see that it's you know that it's aged. It's you know twenty five. Oh God, twenty five years old. Yes. Oh. My moment. balls just dropped to my knees. A moment of I'm silence an old man. for our youths. Um, <laughs> I, I also want to say I, one of the things I liked about it is that the you as an audience member get to experience that first musical number they do, yeah, um, which is a reworked version of Salve Regina, um, literally Hail Holy Queen or whatever. Um. Because there's no montage. All you see is Mary Clarence. She takes over the choir. Yeah. And at the end of that scene, she says, we're going to have to practice every day. Yeah. And then the next scene is them in church. And they do this very traditional but well done version of it. And then almost starts a boogie woogie uh, version. Yeah. And you're sort of surprised just along with the rest of the audience. You don't have this whole montage of them slowly getting better and them hinting at what song they're singing. It's, it's really, it really works well. Yeah. I love that. I will say one scene that really stands out to me as being wholly unnecessary pun on the whole. Nice. Um, is the, the beginning scene, the flashback scene yeah. uh, in 1968, where they get a young girl who looks a lot, I will say, looks a lot like a, what a, I imagine a young Whoopi yeah. Goldberg look like. But it seems completely unnecessary to like establish like some sort of origin for why she became a lounge singer. It shows yeah. her sassing off to her nun teacher in Catholic school. Um, and just it just to, seems completely unnecessary. Like I can, I, I don't need an explanation of how someone yeah. doesn't give a shit about nuns. <laughs> Well, and I guess if anything, it showed to me that maybe they were trying to make a connection to right. the Catholic Church that she did have some experience with it, but that didn't really even come into play. Like I think, yeah, she mentioned it once where she where she where she's changing for the first time out of her street clothes into her nun's garb, and she I guess she doesn't realize what she's going to be changing into. She's like, I'm not going to wear any more of those those culottes that they made us wear in in Catholic yeah. school. I'll tell you that, and that's it. It feels like a scene that may have been tacked on when it changed from Bette Midler to Whoopi Goldberg. Yeah. If Bette Midler's, if the running joke through Bette Midler's version of this movie would have been that she was Jewish, maybe when they switched to Whoopi Goldberg, they added this element, thinking it would give her character more depth, but it just, they never do anything with it, so it just sort of hangs there. They do kind of ignore the fact that she's black for the most part. Like, they don't, they don't, uh, which is, it's kind of refreshing, because it, like, uh, uh, if if it had been Whoopi Goldberg from the beginning, it wouldn't have been that way. I, yeah, I would maybe. Bet. I do wish that they had... It seems weird that they don't, though. Yeah, yeah. I guess ignoring it isn't necessarily it the best. To tech, the point but, of like, well, she's the only black woman here. Yeah. And then it makes it seem... Lines that seem... that Where Maggie Smith says she's designed to stick out. And then saying, she comes from a more progressive convent. Um, yeah. Come off as like, wait, was that a... Di- was that a racist? racist? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Probably. I mean I don't mind that I don't mind that her character would maybe have a little bit of uh, internalized racism, yeah. If they maybe Explored made it. that a story for her that she overcomes that and realizes that Mary Clarence is a useful right. member of her convent, and even they, though you know not really a member of her convent at all. Right. Well, and you just have to sort of infer that growth, right? Like you know, obviously she grew as a person to personally, but like, did she over actually? Was there a racism like overtly in that right. or not? We don't. Really and I do read it as like a little bit of definitely the racism. beginning. Definitely, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it definitely comes across that way, whether they intended it or not. Um, 
But uh, other than that, I think this holds up. I mean, I'm re- I'm ready to verdict. Your inner child is not an idiot with this. I mean, this your inner child's a genius. Good job. Yeah. I'm interested to see how much the, because I know, I feel like Sister Act 2 is actually more of the nostalgic favorite. Uh, right. Because it's got Lauren Hill and it's got, you know, that sort of. Uh, I was surprised because when, when I was a kid, like uh, Sister Act 2 to me, even as a kid, I was like, well, this is it's the same shit again. Right. Yeah. Um, but with kids. But with kids. Uh, but when I got to college, I remember meeting a lot of kids. I had a lot of friends who were in the gospel choir mm. um, in my uh, in my college, which was predominantly black, and they loved Sister Act Two, and Sister Act One was like an afterthought. Mm. So I think there are a lot of people out. Th- I think where this is more like for people who like Motown, Sister Act Two. I think they play with more Janet Jackson with more contemporary hits. So I think people about our age really like Sister Act Two because it it reworks songs that they know okay. rather than yeah. My Guy and. I will follow him. Right, right. Kids love those songs. And what was the... They did have a moment where Rescue Me was playing, <laughs> and it was over a montage of them like fixing up the community. But Right, but it shows like two, not even teenagers, like nine-year-old boys yeah. with a beatbox listening to... What was her name? Uh, oh, man, I can't remember who did Rescue Me. Uh, Shit. Fontella Bass. Fontella Bass! Let's just pretend that I didn't just look that up. <laughs> uh, that right. was that was. But I will say, as a young gay kid who was listening to Fontella Bass yep. on the oldie station primarily, I was like, "Yeah, I am in the zeitgeist." <laughs> well, what did you think, everybody? You can email us at your inner child is an idiot at gmail dot com. Uh, please check us out on Patreon, patreon.com slash your inner child is an idiot. You can support us there. Uh, you can get all kinds of goodies depending on the level that you donate. Uh, huge thank you to our current patrons, including Joshua Nicholson and Jonathan Day. You guys are awesome and uh, you're helping us keep going with what we're doing. Damon, where else can they find us? You can find us on Twitter. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Instagram. You can find us on Vine. You can find us on uh, Friendster. You can find R. us R. on... R.I.P. Vine. R.I.P. Friendster. Oh. Sorry. I never... I, that was before... That was... Time, yeah, yeah, that was... Um, that was like the Sumerian culture. <laughs> it was the cuneiform like, of social one. media. That's not one I know. <laughs> uh, well, thank you very much. We're, in the next episode, we're going to take a look at uh, Sister Act 2. Ooh, a rare preview of a future act. Yeah. We actually have planned this out, so <laughs> usually we don't. So Usually um, we're just texting the day before, like, what do we got? What do we got? What do we want to watch? Uh, what's available on Netflix? <laughs> um, so we'll see you next episode. Thanks for listening, everybody. I will follow him. Follow him. Follow him wherever he may go. There isn't an ocean too deep. The mountains so high he can keep. Keep him away. Away from his life.